0: So our readings this weekend are a lot about healing or sickness and what do we do when we're sick and how God wants to help us. In the Old Testament, it was often seen that if you were sick, that this was like punishment for your sin. So it wasn't a very good sign to be sick, like, oh, muffle your beard, unclean over there, stay away from the rest of us. So it wasn't, wasn't very fun, right? You kind of were pretty much separated from the rest of society. So it was a, it was a pretty big hardship to be sick. Not only were you sick, but then you had to deal with all of the ostracization that went with it. And I guess there is some connection in the sense that, you know, uh, after sin entered the world, the beautiful harmony that God established uh, between us and creation was torn asunder. So now we face sin and concupiscence, uh, natural disasters, illness, disease. All of these stem from The fall from grace that affected both the supernatural realm, so our souls and our connection with God, and the natural order, the the nature, created nature around us. So all that we still are living in a time when those things continue. When Jesus came, he came to free us from our sins, to change the course of every single person's experience of life. Uh, But he left this world to continue in its path in some sense that we continue to experience the brokenness that has been a part of the human experience since Adam and Eve, since the fall, since our fall from grace. But now there's this difference that we have a path to salvation. There's a way in which God has given us to overcome sin, to overcome our, our, our sinfulness or our struggles, and that eventually we'll be called to be with God in heaven. That's the, the invitation from the Lord. And so... Even if we live in this brokenness around us in the world, we continue to experience that. Um, there is hope that something greater is going to happen. So it's a it's a time when we live with hope. One of the sacraments that the Church received from Christ, that was instituted by Him, is anointing of the sick. It's a sacrament of healing, of course. This sacrament isn't always understood. I would say there's uh, oftentimes we think of it or associated only with when we're near death. Uh, there's kind of been a long history of that in the church, so the church is trying to recover a sense of like, hey, it's sacrament of healing, not just for death. So um, come receive the sacrament more often is the invitation. Anointing the sick is offered to those who are either um, dealing with or going to be dealing with some kind of serious physical ailment. So it can be done before a surgery. If you know you're going to have a serious surgery, you could receive anointing of the sick. If you're dealing with a, a chronic or a terminal or a worsening disease or illness. It is one of the parts, of course, of the last rites. The last rites of the church are given to those who are near death and, as far as we can tell, are just about to go um, or on that, on that uh, downward trend. But anointing the sick can be offered in all those cases even if the person isn't necessarily dying. So it's a sacrament for the sick, not for the dying. Um, so it's an important distinction. So we don't need to wait until we're, uh, if, even if it is part of the last rites, so the last rites, people sometimes ask, what are the last rites anyway? Well, confession, usually if we're able to, uh, viaticum, which is receiving the Eucharist for the last time, anointing of the sick is part of that, and then usually the apostolic pardon is part of that as well. So those are the last rites the church offers us as we approach the, the end of our lives. However we don't necessarily need to wait till a person is assured of dying before we ask for anointing of the sick uh, to receive that sacrament. Ideally we would receive it with family and friends around us. Um, we would receive it when we can still speak and participate and kind of be part of it so it's not just Father's here and the person is comatose and nobody's around and it's just him and, and the person and we hope that the person is still here. I mean, I've done that lots of times, and it's a good thing to do it. If that's the case, call the priest. Don't wait. But um, ideally, we wait, uh, we, we, we do it before that person is in that comatose state. And there's a couple other things that would be important. You know, if this person has expressly said, I do not want to receive anointing to the sick, don't tell the priest that they do want to receive anointing to the sick. Sometimes I go to the hospital or to wherever they are, and um, the experience is, here, my name is Father Eli. Who are you? Nice to meet you. I, I was told you want to receive anointed anointing of the sick. Well, no, I don't want to receive them. Why do they call you? I, what, what is this all? You know, that kind of thing. And i like, oh, well, let's, can we just pray? Let's just pray, okay? You know, so there's, it, we have to be honest with them. What, what do they want? What are they, what are they asking for? We don't want to trick them into receiving a sacrament. So that's an important point. Uh, and we, we need to respect their freedom. But sometimes, you know, you might say, hey, can, can we just ask Father to come? And you don't have to say, he's going to make you be anointed or he's going to make you, you know, say your confession or whatever. Just let the priest figure that out. He can come and he can talk to the person and work it out and we'll see what happens. Sometimes God gives a lot of grace uh, at the end of someone's life. So it's good to open the door and to be encouraging, but we don't want to be um, kind of saying, you have to do this or, or we're not going to help you, you know, so... Be gentle, be kind. The sacrament of anointing of the sick is primarily a spiritual remedy. So it's for the soul. Um, It's a a remedy to give us strength to battle against suffering, against fear, against despair, those kind of forces that come at us when we are suffering, right? So to help us suffer well or to persevere through a suffering or to overcome um, those, those last attacks of the evil one when we are facing death. So... All of those things are part of the sacrament. The place uh, to, to place a person in that right disposition so that they can kind of enter into that spiritual battle and that they can offer their physical sufferings as an as a offering to Christ for the rest of us as, as they suffer. It's a beautiful offering that they can make if they can be in that right mind. It's obviously very challenging when you're sick to, to think that way, but uh, there are many saints and many people that I've seen who have done that and done it well. It also gives us an increase in hope to assure us that Christ is with us, and that he understands where we are, and that he is not abandoning us. So to have the church come and pray with a person and for a person in that moment is very helpful. Now, the sacrament can also give, and I've seen it give, uh, physical healing. Sometimes this does happen. And that's another element of it. We're asking God for healing, if it's God's will, that God would heal this person. Um, but we don't always see that. So what does it mean if we didn't see it, that there's something wrong? Did the person not pray enough? Did they not have enough faith? No, not always, right? The Lord gives um, us the, the encouragement that we need and sometimes he says, it's your time, I'm calling you, or I want you to endure this suffering in some way. So we shouldn't uh, be surprised when someone's healed. You know, I've seen lots of times where it looked like someone was on their deathbed and we come and we anoint and then the next day they're out of the hospital and going around and doing their stuff again. So. It's, it's very interesting how that does happen. We have to remember that the, the Lord is in it for the long haul, right? The long game. He's, he's trying to care for our souls. I think sometimes we get very focused on this life. What is my life here? Well, I want my life here to be very high quality. I, want, I, want, I don't want to deal with illness or sickness or suffering. And we, we can all understand that, right? It's not fun. But sometimes... God uses those things to bring us to where we need to be spiritually. He can allow us to suffer to help us, in a sense, kind of wrestle with my mortality, that, hey, I'm not going to be here forever. And if my life has not really been one of following Christ, that can be like a wake-up call for some people, or it can be a moment of recognition of like, gosh, i got to get my stuff together. i got to be ready, because the Lord is going to call me at some point, and maybe uh, I don't know when that will be. So it can be a moment of kind of encouraging that soul to be ready and to, uh, to suffer in a way that they invite Christ into it and aren't just kind of turning inward, which is very easy when we're suffering to do that. So God allows us to suffer if it means that we're going to grow in sanctification, uh, growth in patience, growth in understanding and, and uh, understanding the suffering that others go through, Right? Uh, nothing better to help us understand than hey, having gone through that experience and I, I think we can probably all uh, You know identify with that that um, When we've suffered Something and we see somebody else went through that same thing. We have a lot more sympathy and empathy for them rather than just saying oh Just offer it up you little soul you, you just yeah, uh, you know, it's not so bad. It's like well, you don't know what it's like so it can be a way in which God opens our heart to the suffering of others. Also helps helps us to identify with the Lord and his passion, to be entering into that with him and offer our lives in, in that way. So God uses all of these things, anything really, he will use anything, to get us to eternal life. So anointing someone, here's a little bit of, I guess, a way to think about it. Anointing someone who's been practicing the faith for many years, and has been faithful, think of that situation, versus someone who doesn't really have an active faith and maybe hasn't for years or maybe never has. Maybe they were baptized in the faith but never really were raised in the faith or different things just kept them from practicing the faith. So obviously there's a difference there, right? We have hope for both of them. Um, I always think of the good thief and the bad thief, right? So they were both in a bad situation one really reached out to Christ and was open, and God promised him, Jesus promised him salvation. The other was basically just, get me out of here. I don't like this. Save us. You're the, you're the, the Christ, aren't you? And He didn't really come at Christ with faith. He just said, fix my problem. And um, a very different approach. So going back to the two differences. I would say it's kind of like, if you think of baseball, if you've been practicing the faith all your life, and you get to your deathbed, or you get to a time when you're sick. It's like bringing in the closer, the pitcher that like closes the game when you're up by a lot of points, and you you know you should win easily. It's like that situation versus if you haven't been practicing the faith, uh, and you 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 really don't even have a, a real openness to the sacrament. It's sort of like bringing in the pinch hitter in the ninth inning with two outs and th- and two strikes, and like we're just hoping. That this is going to work, you know. Not impossible, but uh, there's there's some things that have to be overcome. And God's grace is great, so we never give up hope for those people. We never want to say anybody's outside of God's reach. But on the other hand, we don't want to just say it's, I, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to. We don't have to any part to do. We we all have to contribute and cooperate with the grace that God gives us. So anointing the six, not a. Uh, it's a tool in the arsenal, you might say. It's not a magic trick that gets us ready for heaven. It builds upon the foundation that's already there. And it can be that you know safety net that is thrown out uh, last minute. So it's always a good sacrament to receive when we are dying. But it's also a sacrament for those who are sick. So after Mass today, we will be gathering up in the front of the church here. Depending on how many people we'll have, I'll probably have you... Uh, sit every other uh, row and we'll we'll do a little anointing service for those who'd like to receive it. Again, um, if you're in need of it, or you're um, looking for, for healing in some spiritual element of your life, this is a good sacrament to receive, so I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm not gonna come around and ask you, hey, what's your illness, is it, is it severe enough? Well, you, you're not sick enough, you can't, you know, I'm not gonna do that, so, but, um, Make a make a judgment call there. If you're not sure, it's probably okay to er on the side of receiving the sacrament.